We had the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame last week. This week, all the attention is on the Basketball Hall of Fame. And this is probably, Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, this is probably the least prestigious of all the Hall of Fames. Absolutely. Um, I've been to Springfield a couple times. I've actually never been. And a good story about Springfield. My buddy was just there for a wedding. And uh, he ended up at the casino. The Springfield has an MGM there. And I get a call from him. He was at the casino for a couple hours or whatever. He gives me a call. He's like, man, did you know the, the Basketball Hall of Fame is here? Like, I could have done that instead of going to the casino. And, and you know, he, he obviously didn't win at the casino. He's like, now I got four hours to kill and the Hall of Fame's closed. Should have gone there first uh, and then to the casino. Uh, but he missed out on that opportunity. But it's absolutely the easiest because unlike the other sports, it's just the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not the NBA Hall of Fame. So yeah. you can you can get in for being a coach, an executive, your international career. Uh, like there's people in there who have never played in the NBA. Uh, and I think Becky Hammond's one of the, you know, is a prime example of one of those people. Yeah, it's obviously it's pro basketball, any kind of pro basketball or basketball related, you know, affiliation. But this is a pretty good class, uh, you know, all things considered. We got, I'm not going to, Becky Hammond's great, don't get me wrong, but let's focus on the four guys that are actually being inducted from the NBA. That's Dirk Nowitzki, Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, and Dwayne Wade. And let's just start it with Dwayne Wade because, you know, I, I am in love with Dwayne Wade. It's my favorite player of all time, favorite athlete of all time, third greatest shooting guard of all time. Although I think you, for some reason, don't agree. Would you say that he is the best player in this class or would you actually give that to someone else? No, I, I, as much as I don't want to agree with you when it comes to Dwayne Wade, he is the most talented player um yeah he he is the most talented player in this class and you know he is one of the greatest of all time he is one of the best players who got overshadowed by by being in the league the same time as LeBron and Kobe you know we talk a lot about guys who are overrated and I I I think sometimes I feel that way with Dwayne Wade but I think he will stand the test of time Unlike guys like Russell Westbrook or James Harden, he he is the most talented player uh, in in this class. So I actually, this is going to sound crazy because you know me. I agree with you on most talented. Who's the who's the best player in this class? Peak Dwayne Wade, I would take over the best version of any of the other three guys. But I would say, you know, if we if we did a ranking of the top twenty greatest players ever, I think right around that eighteen nineteen range would be Dirk Nowitzki and then Dwayne Wade just because of Dirk's longevity. I mean, that I, he did it for so long. He revolutionized the big – I mean, he was the first stretch four, if we think yep. about it. You know, we see yep. a guy like uh, Nikola Jokic, right? Dirk Nowitzki is kind of considered the best European player in NBA history. Jokic seems like he's on track to surpass that, if he hasn't already. But Nowitzki was the first. He's the one that kind of blazed that trail. For guys like Jokic, for, for guys like uh, Porzingis for a little bit. But we've seen better players come out that kind of fit that mold. 
I actually have Dirk ahead of Wade as far as all-time greats. And I, when I say ahead of him, I mean, like, Dirk is 18th all-time and Wade's 19th all-time. Like, that's what we're talking about here. But I agree. Dwayne Wade, most talented player in this class, three-time NBA champion. Wade's 2000s – I mean, both these guys, their championships. Wade's 06 finals at the time – and this isn't me saying it biasly. I'm saying at the time, everyone kind of acknowledged – that was like the best finals performance by an individual since like Michael Jordan. And so, and then Dirk Nowitzki, obviously his 2011 finals run was maybe the greatest one ever, right? He swept Kobe in the Lakers. He beat Kevin Durant, uh, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, and that Thunder team. And then he beat the big three Miami Heat. So, I mean, that was one of the best finals runs ever. Uh, but like, I love to see guys like Pau Gasol get in, right? Pau Gasol, everyone probably remembers him as being Kobe's sidekick, but people don't remember how good he was in Memphis. People don't remember how important he was for those Lakers teams. And then a guy like Tony Parker, who a lot of times was overshadowed by Tim Duncan. And I I just remember that 2013 and 2014 finals run for the Heat. They played the Spurs back-to-back years. And Tony Parker just pissed me off because he's just so crafty, so good. He wasn't, he wasn't as flashy as Steve Nash. He wasn't as athletic as a Russell Westbrook. But he was just such a fundamental player. And I think that's something we kind of miss in today's game. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would agree. I, I think Tony Parker – and this is my problem with, with the, the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I think Tony Parker is a fringe NBA Hall of Famer. Um, all the, and that's only – the only reason I, I would put him in is because of – his team dominance and how important he was. Uh, I, I think he would still get into an NBA Hall of Fame. But you got to look at his international record and what he did in the international community. Same with Pau Gasol. Both of those two, to me, got into the Basketball Hall of Fame more so because of their international greatness. And uh, and I would put Mano Ginobili in that same category, where all three were very good NBA players and had great team success. But internationally, they were some of the best in the world that that gave the U.S. competition when they were head and shoulders better than everybody else in the world. Yeah, no, you're definitely right about that. There's definitely a big difference between Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki, who I think are all-time greats, and then Tony Parker and Pau Gasol, who some might even argue they got in too soon, right? They should have, they, you know, I, I don't know how it works. I know you got to be, what, four years, five years removed? I think it's five years removed. And then I, I know in the NFL, you can kind of just kick the can down the road. If you're not going to get in this year, maybe you get in the year after or the year after or the year after. But um, yeah, I mean, like, and bringing it back to, to, to what you're saying about Tony Parker and, and Pau Gasol being fringe players, you're right. The, their Hall of Fame status is probably built on more than just their NBA careers. And, you know, I, like, I, I don't think either of them were on the, um, the 75 greatest players list were they that came out last year? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not familiar enough with that, but I'm, I would suspect no. I'm not going to look it up, but I don't think they were either. So you're kind of on to something. I would have Tony Parker a little bit ahead of, of Manu Ginobili. I, I, I do of, too. I, I do. Yeah. Too. I know you want them together and they're close. Manu was great. I mean, no one's going to look back and say Manu wasn't a great player, but there's definitely a difference. I mean, Dwayne Wade, I'm going to refrain from going all in on this Dwayne Wade stuff, but you're right. Wade, 
I think personally Wade's underrated. And the reason is for the reasons you gave. He played at a time with LeBron James, who may be the greatest player of all time. Kobe Bryant, who has the most rabid fan base of all time. And I listen to people compare James Harden to Dwayne Wade. And they bring up, like, all NBA first teams. Oh, well, Wade only had X amount. Well, Wade played at the same time as Kobe. And Kobe was universally loved by fans and by the media. So they were giving him that first team. If it was if it was at all close, tiebreaker goes to Kobe. So, you know, there was a time for like two or three years there in the back half of the 20, uh, 2000s where the three best players in the world were LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and Dwayne Wade, and it was like undeniable, right? And obviously Wade's knees gave out during that run with LeBron. but And Dirk Nowinski. Uh, let me ask you this question while we're on it because this is a question that someone asked me, and I think it's a, it's a tough one. Who's a better all-time power forward, Dirk Nowinski or Kevin Garnett? Oh, that's a that's a good one. Cause they they were to me drastically different players. I think KG had, you know, when he got to Boston, he was more of your defensive anchor, more so than his scoring, just because you had Paul Pierce and, and Ray Allen. Right. Um. I. I lean KG. I lean KG. Uh, but I, I would put them, you know, I, I would lump Dirk and Wade all in about the same same ranking where I have them all time. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with KG, uh, better player. I, I still think Dirk had a better career, if, that, if, if you can make that argument, right? Because you mentioned Dirk's 2011 season, undoubtedly, the best finals run I to win. I, I, I think you put Allen Iverson and LeBron James uh, in 2001, 2007, respectively, as like worst teams to get to the finals. And I would make the 016ers the worst just because I think LeBron was better than AI. Therefore, the 07 Cavs are slightly better than the 016ers. And, and I, that team had some good talent. But they were they are probably one of the worst NBA champions uh, who beat one of the best teams of all time. I believe so, that that Lakers team, I believe they only lost one game in the playoffs and it was that one to the Sixers. Yeah, I think I think you're right. But talking about talking about 2011, I think they swept the Lakers. They knocked out the up and coming Thunder, who would make the title the next year. Um and then you beat the Heat in six. It wasn't even seven. Yeah. Um, I was at the new Pirates of the Caribbean uh, movie. Uh, Stranger Tides, I think, is the, the Pirates of the Caribbean movie that came out uh, during game six because I thought there would be a game seven. I thought there's no way this series ends. Uh, and then it did. Um, a, mistake you know, I would ne- a mistake I would never make today. Live sports now far more important than any movie in theaters. But uh, at the time when I was a kid and I, I wanted to – one with a group of my friends. So, yeah, that run would put him above KG for me, I guess. You know, but... and, and I, I hold that one personally, 2011, obviously, because Dwayne Wade was the best player in that series, and LeBron just choked it away. So Wade would have had two finals MVPs if LeBron just showed up. But, <laughs> yes, yeah, Dirk, Dirk, that run was incredible. I So I'm, I'm going to go, I think, I think Dirk is greater all time. But if I was starting a team tomorrow, I'd rather have KG because he, I think he was better all around. I think he could still give you 20 a night, but
but he was also going to be the anchor of your defense. He was still a great passer. He was the intensity that he had. I mean, it KG was, was something else. Dirk, I think was a better pure scorer. And I think he did it for longer. And so I think that's what kind of gives him the edge there. Uh, let me ask yeah, you. You one... got, you got, you got to remember KG was in, you know, season 13 or 14 when he got to the big three, you know, he was coming out of his prime. Yep. And, and, and that's why when we look at super teams, why the Celtics never really got over the hump and why Le- what LeBron did was so different because when the big three in Miami joined up, all three of those guys were coming into their prime or were in their prime. KG, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce joined at the end of, uh, you know, I I just looked it up. I would have said KG got drafted in 2000, but it was 95, you know. Yeah, straight um, out of high school. So we're talking recent, you know, I don't want to say recency bias, but Dirk, it felt like Dirk did it longer, and that's because we grew up the entire time of Dirk's career. We missed some of KG's, you know, I wasn't alive when KG was drafted. Let me ask you this here, all right, since we're talking Hall of Fame. I'm going to give you a couple players. You tell me if they are in the Hall of Fame or not in your mind. Chris Bosh. I say no. I don't think so. I think he either is or will be, but I don't think he – again, it's almost insulting if you're one of the best players at any point uh, to not be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's got a couple gold medals, which factor in. Um, can we make the question, is this person in the NBA Hall of Fame? Can we make that the question? Yes. Because yeah, that's, yeah. you know. Obviously, are they worthy in your mind of being in the Hall of Fame based on their NBA career? I, I Let's forget about the other stuff. The NBA career. Is it Hall of Fame yeah. worthy? No. Okay. No. Was it the longevity or is it uh, – what is it for you? Just didn't reach that level that you – that you hold for the hall of fame, that threshold. Yeah. I, I, I think that he had tremendous upside. He was very good. He did have a good, good stretch there. Um, but I don't think he is also one of those guys to me. Like I, I would put him in a tier below James Harden and Russell Westbrook, like in their primes. I don't think he's even that good. And maybe that's some bias because he spent most of his prime, playing third fiddle and we don't see that very often um so i think him going to miami in my eyes cost him a a deserving spot in an nba hall of fame so you think he would have been higher up on this list if he had stayed in toronto probably made playoffs every couple years yeah because you look at a guy like 24 yeah because you look like you look at a guy like carmelo who had zero playoff success? Well, that was going to be that's, my next question: was Carmelo? That's where that's where Bosch that's where Bosch would fit in. Uh, had he not gone to, you know, he'd only been doing it. I guess he'd been doing it for like seven years. Right? He was 04. Yeah, draft it, class. 03. They were both 03. All all three of them. So really, really, I didn't realize Bosch was in 03. Well, he was the fourth pick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, in order. It was LeBron, LeBron, Darko Milicic, and then Melo, Bosch, and Wade. Um. So yeah, I I think he'd be a fringe guy. I, I I would not be upset if he got into an NBA Hall of Fame either way. Like I if he got in or didn't get in, I would have an indifference of opinion. I think that you could almost make that or you could even make him the bare minimum um to get in. 
would you put him ahead of anyone that's going into this year? Specifically, probably talking about Tony Parker or Pau Gasol. I mean, if we're talking, if we're talking NBA, purely NBA, uh, I would lean. I would lean. Pau Gasol being above him, I would probably lean. I'd probably lean both Tony Parker and Pau Gasol above. Above. Okay. Chris Bosh. Okay. How about Carmelo Anthony? You said his name. It, yes. You think Carmelo Anthony is one of the best scorers of all time. Um, and yes, he was a ball hog. Yes. He, you know, wasn't the greatest teammates of all time. Um, he should have been, you know, you, you could argue he could have been rookie of the year in 2003. Um, and he just never was on a good team. You know, the, the Knicks built around him a little bit, but you know, they were never really a team that you saw and you're like, yep, that, that team could compete for a championship. Um, and his lack of playoff success would be a, would be a knock, but I still think his pure scoring ability uh, would get him into the NBA Hall of Fame. Yeah, a lot of people forget, too, because Kevin Durant's prime started to kind of overlap with the back end of Mellows. And so everyone, everyone was just enamored with KD's ability to score. He was also 6'11". But Mello was the original triple threat, right? He was super athletic back in the day. He was never a great defender, but he was super athletic, great mid-range shot, and he developed a better three-point shot as his career went on. So Mello really was an incredible player. And also, again, we're not talking – You know, if we're talking purely from what they look at, he also did win a national title at Syracuse. And he won four four gold gold medals, I think, like – Unanimously, the you know unanimously put on the pedestal of best international uh, USA performer in history. You know Olympics, FIBA World Cups. He was always the best player on those teams, even though you know LeBron or Kobe or Wade were on those teams. Mello was always kind of the centerpiece uh, of those of those USA teams. Yep, yep, I agree one hundred percent. You know what, as I'm thinking about it too, when you look back at like head coaches, right, that get into the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. how many current head coaches would you consider Hall of Fame worthy if their careers, you know, ended right now? So I don't know every head coach off the top of my head. Uh, Spo is a Hall of Fame coach. Yep. Um, Pop obviously just got got put in there, and then after that, no Steve Kerr. No, wow. Uh, for me, so for me, Steve Kerr. I have the same beliefs with him as I do as I did with Spo in 2015, when you know those two titles for me in, in my record book don't count for Spo. I am more impressed with the bubble run in this year's run than his two titles. To me, those are a better body of work and more impressive in the testament to his coaching ability. Um, you know, Steve Kerr walked into the perfect situation. That team was going to win the 2015 title, whether Steve Kerr or Mark Jackson was the head coach. And if I'm Mark Jackson and he is bitter, and every time he's on a broadcast, he's bitter, uh, <laughs> because that, that, was, that, that was supposed to be him. He built up that team, and Steve Kerr walks right in 
and is able to win four titles. Uh, one of those or two of those included Kevin Durant having the, the best player uh, of all times. No, to me as a coach, Steve Kerr does not, doesn't quite get there yet. All right. One last player and then we'll move on from this. Draymond Green. No, as, a, as an NBA player. No, absolutely not. I, I don't know. He is fringe of even the basketball hall of fame. Wow. Um, and, like, I'm sure I can think about it more and lean towards he will be in the Basketball Hall of Fame because, like I said, pretty much anybody who's, you know, an above-average NBA player seems to get into the Hall of Fame. But, no, you know, I would argue he was the number two most important piece on all of their title runs. And, right. yes, that includes – and, yes, that includes when KD was there. Um, but with that being said, I still – I. And I, I don't want this to sound like any disrespect to Draymond Green because I have a lot of respect for his game, his ability, and um, kind of what he's been doing. So I feel bad leaving him off the list, but no, I don't I don't think I don't think he deserves to be in an NBA Hall of Fame. Yeah, I actually I'm gonna agree with you there. I look at Draymond Green kind of like an Andre Iguodala. And Iguodala will probably get into the Hall of Fame as well, but was never the best player on his uh, on a winning team winning team right because Andre Godala was the best player on some of those Sixers teams yeah uh, right after AI left yep. uh, not like just their games weren't flashy so it didn't get a lot of attention they did a lot of the dirty work Iguodala obviously I think a better all-around scorer than Draymond um, oh absolutely not even close right Iguodala the advantage there obviously is he has that finals MVP that's kind of hard you know to look I'm, let me I'm ask gonna, you this. Wait, let me I'm ask gonna you. go back. Hold on. Let me before you ask the question, I'm gonna go back and say on that first title, Iggy was more important than Draymond. It would go Steph, Iggy, Dre. Yeah, well, all of them over Clay, huh? Yes. Yes. I don't see Clay's defense back then though. Clay was a great defender back in the day before the injuries. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. And if we want to talk Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson is the reason Steph Curry is Steph Curry, because A. You can't help off of him, so that that keeps the defender out of the paint when Steph Curry drives the hoop. And two, Clay would guard the best offensive guard and leave Steph Curry, who's a defensive liability. And that's what I loved about the 2016 title when it was Kyrie and Steph, and why both of those guys cooked the whole series was because both of them were hor- are horrible defensive players. And just were no match for each other offensively. You know what? I'm sorry. I said that was the last one because you just said his name. I gotta ask it. Is Kyrie Irving a home? Yes. Yes. No. That that shot is one of the and, and this is where my Cavs bias might might come in. Uh that shot won LeBron his his title. Um both years they lost. Uh he had he not gotten hurt, you know, twenty fifteen, if he if him and Kevin Love don't get hurt. It, you know, they, they might win that title too. Um, and if you look at what he did in Cleveland before LeBron came back, um, he had eight really good years. And we're, we're going to look at him going to Boston where he was subpar. Um, and, and now he has since bounced around. Um, but his first eight years in the league, he was very, very good and, and, and debatably the best point guard in the league the entire time. Uh, best you, you universally kind of accepted as the guy with the best handles of all time. 
and his finishing ability at the rim is unlike anybody else. Uh, and, and this kind of goes into almost what I feel with Draymond Green, where some of Draymond Green's off-the-court issues are going to seep into kind of beliefs of him being a Hall of Famer. Same thing's going to happen with Kyrie. He's outspoken uh, and usually just, like, wrong, you know, you can be on one side well, or the other. He, he thinks the earth is flat. So yeah, you can be one side or the other politically, but I think it's like you know, you know, one of the few, like him and Kanye West are the two guys who everybody kind of agrees a little bit of a nutcase. We just don't um, take them seriously at this point. Yeah, um, but I think Kyrie, his first eight years was enough, and kind of what he shows when he does play is that he is one of the best point guards, you know, of all time. Let alone, Oof. you know, he is. He is the the best hand has the best handles of all time. He's one of the best finishers, if not the best finisher uh, of all time. And then you mix in the fact that he was lethal from three. Uh, He was almost impossible to guard. All right. This is probably where we disagree more than anything to this point so far. Uh, Just off the top of my head, I'm going to agree on a couple things. One, he is one of the greatest finishers at the rim ever. Super crafty. His ball handling may be the best ball handler I've ever seen. That being said, off the top of my head, I'm going to list point guards, just point guards, that I think are better than Kyrie all time that played in the same era. I was going to say, let's keep it to the same era because we yeah, can argue. I, I I would like concede if you wanted to make like Stockton or Magic. No, like, yeah, no, I'll no. concede. Let's no. stock point guards of this era. Same era. This is kind of why I disagree with you so much is I don't even think he's at the top. Uh, Chris Paul. Steph Curry, Damian Lillard. He's better than Dame. Nope. Right off the bat, better than nope. Dame. Nope. Russell yep. Westbrook. Yep. No. Nah, that's insulting. <laughs> no. Insulting. No, it's no, it's it's just the truth. No. It's the truth. Oh my goodness. It's the truth. Um, what did I say so far? Steph, CP3, Dame. And there's Westbrook. a reason there's a reason I didn't speak up on Dame. I'm sorry, on CP3. Or Steph Curry, because I, I could argue both of those guys, but I can respect if you have those two guys over him. I can respect that. But Damon and Russ, that's insulting. Keep going. No, Russell Westbrook is better. No, no, no. Stop, than, than... stop, 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 stop. Oh, my goodness. I don't – see, the funny thing I, is I don't even think it's close. I think this is the most upset. I, you've had a lot of, like – We've had a lot of bad takes, in my opinion, uh, in <laughs> in in the 15 years we've known each other. But I think the fact that you're going to sit here and say Russell Westbrook is better than – like prime Russell Westbrook. Did I say John Wall yet? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my I, – I can't. I can't even. I can't even. Wait. Are you kidding me? Jason kidding Kidd. Me? They, no, Jason Kidd. Do they overlap enough? Nah, the A they didn't overlap lo- uh, enough, and no, he is not better than Kyrie. You don't wait. You don't think Jason Kidd is better than Kyrie no. Irving? No, Dude. Jason Kidd. Hold on, hold Dude. on, hold on, hold on. Jason Kidd had it probably a better career considering the longevity of it, but in his first eight years in the league, only the only person I will accept who had a higher high than Kyrie Irving from 2011 to. 2019, when he got traded, the only guy with a higher high in those eight-year stretches, in that eight-year stretch, is Steph Curry. Chris Paul, his overall body of work is why I will accept him being in there, just like I will accept Jason Kidd. 
Um, but don't give me Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is not better other than range than anything Kyrie can do. I would rather have prime Damian Lillard that took no. Portland Trailblazers to the Western Conference Finals than prime Kyrie Irving, whose greatest so, achievement is hitting a shot as LeBron's sidekick. And I get it. He was great offensively then. But then we watched him go out on his own and fall apart in Boston. And then we watched him fall apart in Brooklyn and fall apart in Dallas. At a certain point, the body of work needs to start to matter because we're talking about like a couple year stretch where no one cared about the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then when they did care, yeah, he was good, but he was playing second fiddle to LeBron. And they also still had prime Kevin Love down low. So, so for starters, that team, had LeBron not come back, that team would have been a competitive team in the best of the rest. Because if LeBron stayed in Miami, Miami would have kept dominating. Like, no question about that. Don't remind me. It hurts. Yep. But the Cavs would have been one of the best of the rest. They were going to have Andrew Wiggins and Kyrie Irving. Like, they were on the come up. Um, Kyrie Irving, and, and I know I've spent a lot of time, and we talked about Andrew Luck last time, and Andrew, Wait, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's why I'm pointing to the fact that Kyrie Irving did it for eight years. Eight years. That That is a, that is a long, that is a significant period of time. Like, there is, you know, that's longer than Mahomes has been the starting quarterback for the Chiefs, just to put it in perspective. That's longer than Andrew Luck was in the NFL. Um, Rajon Rondo's better, too. And Chauncey Billups. That's kind of borderline. Chauncey Billups is a shooting guard. Ah, Chauncey played poor. And no. Come on. And no. And no. Love Chauncey Billups, but no. There's no no way you actually think Kyrie Irving's better than Chauncey Billups, too. Yes, I do. You think he's better than Chauncey? Uh, I'm going to ask you this question, and I want you to give it to me straight. Is Kyrie Irving better than Steve Nash? You've taken too long. You've taken too long to answer. <laughs> I think he had a higher high than Steve Nash ever. Steve did. Nash won back-to-back MVPs. Okay, which should have been should have gone to LeBron. Let's be honest. Or Shaq one or Shaq. One of them should have gone yeah, to Shaq. They shouldn't have gone to they. Um, I think LeBron James has should have sixteen MVPs at least, in his career. At least Steve Nash was good enough to at least be close enough where they can make that mistake. Kyrie Irving wasn't even the discussion. So. And, and here's what I'll say about Kyrie. A, he got hurt in Boston, and not everybody's cut out to play in Boston. You know, Kyrie Irving clearly not mentally tough enough to play in Boston. Um, that's okay. You know, I'm, and same thing as a Yankees fan. I see it all the time where guys play in New York and can't handle it. Um, and then COVID happened, and then he went off, like, the deep end. Um, so I, I do think that when we look back on Kyrie, I, I agree that he will be a forgotten think he'll end up being a forgotten player like James Harden um but I just want to point out that those highs were he was you know it wasn't one and two it was one a one b just like it was with Wade one a and one b so you know what Kyrie Irving is historically you know what his comp is historically Baron Davis oh my gosh Oh my! Kyrie Irving is Baron Davis, just with dumber opinions on stuff. I I would say Gilbert Arenas, maybe. Um, no, Gilbert Arenas was better all time. Oh my god! Oh, I don't. I 
we're, we're going to put this on a poll because I, I can't. I, I can. Uh, we'll put it out on Twitter. We'll put out like ten polls, and I'm I, I was. Sure... I, I was going to do it on Instagram. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a cutoff, and we're gonna post this on Instagram. Um, I Kyrie Irving is Baron Davis. I don't think we've had a more polarizing ever. Like I think this. Like me and you have had some pretty heated debates about the Heat. I don't think we've ever been this far opposite on on something that really shouldn't be that controversial. Uh, in my opinion, uh, let me ask you like one. You feel... Let me ask you one real quick, just while it's on my okay. mind. Kyrie Irving or Derrick Rose? So I would put Derrick Rose as highest, right up there with Kyrie's. Kyrie did oh. it longer than D Rose. Ky- okay, so Derek, you say put it right up there with Kyrie. Derrick yeah, Rose I, I, is high, is so was... much higher than Kyrie's that if you were standing at the level <laughs> of Derrick Rose's height. And look okay, down, yes. you wouldn't even know that Kyrie Irving existed. That's how much higher it was. 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, Derrick Rose is uh, – Kyrie's nowhere near that. Nowhere. You're right. I, I, I'll concede on that one. I'll concede on that one. His highs were higher, but he did it for a shorter period. Tony Parker, too, by the way, while we're at it. Hall of Famer. Tony Parker. No. Also no. About- no. Absolutely. No. Again. Again. The last four years for Kyrie will be the demise of him as a, as as a NBA superstar. He was on, you know, he was entering his prime, and what he had done pre-prime was so incredible um, that it was still good enough. Um, I, I want to move on. I'm over. I, I can't believe I'm I'm at like a loss. Drew Holiday too, by the way. Aggravating. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no, no that way. One, that one was kind of really big in there. Drew Holiday significantly better defensively. Significantly I, the better defense, I, defensively. I'm genuinely surprised that you'd think Kyrie's better than Damian Lillard, though. Yeah. No, 100%. At oh. no point, until 2019, there's not one year I would have taken Dame instead of Kyrie. Not one Ooh. point. Not one point did I ever sit there thinking – I'd rather have Damian Lillard than Kyrie Irving. I, I'm really glad. I, Kyrie's Baron Davis, though. I'm, I, I, well, I'll leave it at that, but I'm really glad I thought about that because the more I think about it, the more right I think I am. I think that's mm-hmm. spot on. He's Baron Davis. I can move on. Next next topic. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I, 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 don't, I don't even know where to go after that one. It's – I, 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 new, new sport. Let's talk college football. I'm over basketball. Okay, I, right. I can't. I can't believe. I I can't believe that we're gonna sit there and compare Kyrie, who you also said, handles best finisher. Like none of those other guys that you named are the best at anything, other than Steve Kerr. I'm sorry, Steph Curry being the greatest shooter, and Steve Nash being the best passer. Like outside of that. The guys that you listed and, like, Russ being the most athletic, I guess you could say. Um, you know, Rondo's up there with greatest passers of all time, but with such an offensive liability other than passing that they didn't even guard him just like they did with Ben Simmons. Let me guess, Ben oh, Simmons, no. better than Kyrie. Oh, don't disrespect him like that. Ben Simmons is another level of bad. Yeah, but the defensive comps, you know, Rondo also a great defensive player. Um, but the comps, Rajon Rondo, by the end of his career – was facing the same type of defense that Ben Simmons was facing, where they just didn't guard him. Like, hey, you're open from 18 feet, shoot it. Oh, wouldn't. my goodness. I got another great comparison. He's Darren no. Williams. 
great on his first team and then just falls apart after that. We don't know why. Darren Williams did have some good highs. Like, he was very good for a while. Oh, there was a debate for a long time yeah. about Darren yeah. Williams versus Chris Paul. Yeah. No, I, I – and, again, that's a debate that, you know, kind of shuffles in, well, how does longevity factor in? And that's why when I'm saying these things about Kyrie, I'm talking purely those eight years and his highs. Just like with if you talk prime Darren Williams for those couple of years versus best of Chris Paul, I, I think you have a good argument for one way or the other. And Chris Paul has kind of a cult following like Kobe did. It's not as crazy, but there's kind of a cult following with Chris Paul um, that I think elevates his, um, you know, where he ranks all time. I think he's one of the more overrated players, um, one of the more overrated players. All right, moving on to college football real quick. We've got a few you. more minutes. Let, let's touch on kind of the big news in sports here, working around the Hall of Fame, the NFL preseason. There's a lot of talk about college football with the conference realignment. And you're an Ohio State guy. You're a Big Ten guy. The news about Oregon and Washington now joining USC and UCLA, effective 2024, they're going to be in the Big Ten. Do you like this move in college no. football? Do you like where it's going? No, no? Not, even a, not even a little bit. Um, I'm still baffled by our last last point. Like I'm trying to like refocus and take all my anger out into this topic. <laughs> I'm also very I'm also very passionate about what college sports is becoming. Um, so one, it doesn't make sense. Um, I I believe, and I was talking about this with somebody today. I think college football is eventually going to move to where football has college sports, like the NCAA. It's going to move where college football. There are no conferences, right? Um, everybody's almost going to be like an independent with a few rivalry games. You know, Ohio State would still play Michigan, uh, Penn State, you know, every year. And then they'd mix in some of those other guys that they have, maybe do some home and homes with. But Ohio State doesn't need to be playing Rutgers, Minnesota, um, Nebraska. Like, they don't need to be playing teams like that every week. Uh, but anyway, oh, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, my mother called, uh, interrupting, uh, classic. Um, but anyway, uh, so I don't know where, where you heard last, um, but I don't like this move because when you look at every other sport besides college football, it's going to be detrimental. Um, and I want to be one of those people that's like, oh, student athlete, like student comes first. We're all, we're, we're past that era. Right. Like, yeah. It, it is not college. It's, it is not the college athletics job to hold student athletes accountable for class like to me that's not their job if we really want to get into like dean of students take care of that but we all know that you're a grown you're a grown individual if you don't want to go to class like you know that that's on you that's your future um there's a people are smart enough to know that now and i would argue that people not going to class just as useful as some of the degrees given today but you're talking other sports besides football right um you know, flying across the country on a you know Friday afternoon for a, a one o'clock tip off in, in basketball, a you're, you would probably see these conferences go to double headers where both the men's and women's teams would play together, so they could be on this you know charter one flight or whatever if you can even afford that. Um, no, it's not good. A, I'm like, I'm so spun up right now. <laughs> because I'm so upset from the last conversation. I'm so upset about this. Like Stanford and Cal going to the ACC. 
what like who who is sitting there saying this is a good idea like who is actually genuinely saying this is a good idea um just like i i don't know why the big 10 is taking on usc and ucla i didn't like that from the jump um i didn't like them joining they don't fit the style of the big 10 um uh, they are better than when maryland and rutgers joined but quite frankly it's to me like the same sort of thing obviously usc and ucla both better programs than that um but then you mix in washington and oregon why do we want those schools like yeah you're getting nike money from oregon um and now the pac-12 is going to you know split between the big 12 another useless conference in, in the mountain west i think the rest of the pac-12 should just merge with the mountain west make that probably a new power five because I would argue that would become the third best basketball conference um, behind the Big Ten, ACC, Big East. It'd be right up there. It'd be better than the SEC and Big 12. Um, but just geographically, like, you're going to have teams. It just doesn't yeah, – I'm at a loss for words. I can't even – I'll let you <laughs> take it from here. All right. Well, real quick, I'll give my thoughts on it before we end today's discussion. Um I, I'm with you to an extent. I, I didn't like it at first. Obviously, if you had me pick, I'd rather go back to the days where it was regionalized. What hurt college football was that the Big Ten, and specifically the SEC, were just so much better than everyone else because the teams that are in those conferences actually commit money mm-hmm. and funding to the football programs. You look at the ACC. As a Florida State fan, obviously I'm biased, but nothing gets me more upset then listening to a Wake Forest fan tell Florida State fans they need to stop whining and tell Florida State that they should just be good members to the to the comp. Wake Forest is the most irrelevant program. Them I, mean, like, I know they've had a couple of good in- seasons in football, but they generate no revenue. They have no fan base. And they're trying to tell Florida State. The only reason Wake Forest is relevant is because Florida State was so good for so long that people cared about the ACC simply because of Florida State's affiliation with it. The only reason they have any TV revenue is because networks want Florida State and Clemson and Miami, Miami on their networks. So by association, Wake Forest and you know Syracuse and Boston College, these programs get Georgia Tech even because Georgia Tech's not even the most popular team in their city. Even in Atlanta, it's Georgia. People care more about the Bulldogs than they do about the Yellow Jackets. So well, I'm pretty sure Georgia's in Athens, but that's fine. No, no, no. I know. That's what I'm saying. Georgia Tech. Oh, you're saying. Yeah. Okay, and more people enough. in Atlanta care more about Georgia than Georgia Tech. So let, let me run you this. Uh, let me run this by you. All right. I'm going to say a conference. You tell me what sport you think of them as, right? If, but, I, said SC, if I said SEC, you would football. say. Right. Right. Okay. Big Ten. Football still. Yeah, I would say, yeah, football, and if you really wanted to dive into it, wrestling. Uh, the big, the Big Twelve, uh, irrelevant. They're not the best at anything. Baseball, right? Baseball. They're a baseball sure. conference, in my sure. opinion, right? Yeah. Um, ACC, basketball. I would agree. I would say that basketball followed by baseball with that conference. Um, yeah, and, well, these, and, and and just while we're on the ACC, because we were talking about it, because there's only three schools in the ACC right now that are known for football and it's Florida state Clemson and Miami, everyone else they're better at basketball or baseball or something else. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that we're going to see a 
a huge shift in college sports that is unlike anything we've seen in the past. Um, it's going to be interesting, and I don't like it. And here's my other question, right? So Texas and, and Oklahoma announced like two years ago that they were going to the SEC, and right, they have to wait. How come Oregon and Washington can just be like, yeah, next year we're doing that too? You know what I mean? Like, why don't they have to wait? I haven't looked into it. Why? Because USC and UCLA uh, think, were like, we're leaving. You know, I don't know why they're I, I, I say next year. I can give you an answer because the TV contracts are expiring. So when when USC and UCLA made that decision, the Pac-12 TV uh, contract wasn't expiring for a few more years. Now that two years have gone by, okay, it's almost instant. It's just worked out timing wise where they announced it right when the deal is about to expire after the season. So yeah, I, I want to talk. That would be I the know, explanation. I, I want to talk more about this. You know, big picture, individual teams and whatnot. Uh, but I know we're going to try to wrap this up. Let me just ask before we go, um, Texas, Oklahoma, when, if I said 2035 was the first year that they would win an SEC title, one of those two teams, either or, either or, taking the over or the under, 2035. Um, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Well, just just real quick, if we're kind of picking that one apart here, right? So, U- University of Florida, the Gators, yep, they look terrible, and yep. I don't see any insight in that. They just like you, they've been irrelevant since Tim Tebow. Yep. Um, I would say since Urban Meyer, but they left about the same time. But yeah, right, right about the same time. Um, Alabama. What's interesting with Alabama is Nick Saban. He can't coach forever. And people forget that Alabama was kind of irrelevant for like 25 years there between Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. Yep. Alabama was kind of irrelevant. It's yep. just they've been so good for now, what, 15 years since Saban's been there that yeah. we don't really yeah. remember that. Yep. We don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, Georgia, they look like they're going to be around for a while because Kirby Smart looks like he's turned them into what Alabama was, and yep. he's not going anywhere. I, I think um, both – and, and here's going to be my comp for both of those two schools – I would say like Jim Trestle at Ohio State, where they just have built such a dynasty that even after both of them leave, you know, respectively, their teams are still going to be good. Yeah, yeah. Georgia, Georgia, I think Alabama will – I don't think they'll be irrelevant. They may not be as elite. They might fall more to like what Auburn is, which is competing yeah. every couple of years and a down year here or there. As yep. opposed to this consistent year in year out being a favorite, yeah. Um, LSU, Chip Kelly, uh, not Chip Kelly, <laughs> Brian Kelly. Brian there. Kelly. He looks like he, I mean, year one he they won the SEC West. Yep. Um, I don't know. It looks like LSU, Georgia. I asked for Tennessee a simple over like or under coming up. Over under. So over under. Yeah. So my my point is, I'd probably say under. I think one of them will. In the next ten years, I, I considering Texas I think hasn't won a Big won. Twelve title since Vince Young in 06. You think they're going to leave one of the weakest football conferences? Have a chance? I and Oklahoma's in shambles. I I, I I would I would put it at the over, and I would even go so far to say as neither one of them plays for an SEC title by twenty. Let me ask you this: If 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 okay, so if you pair those two, let's pair these two real quick. Florida State Under, Clemson, over right. Uh, Florida State, Clemson are linked to the SEC as well. 
if they went over to the SEC over under for 2035? You said Miami and Florida State? Clemson no, and Florida Clemson. State. Under. Oh, I'm sorry, over. I, I, I think both of those two are over. Now, I do think Miami. I think Miami could do it. It would take them about three to five years. Wait, let me probably... let me understand this. You think mm-hmm. Miami would have better odds at winning the SEC in the mm-hmm. next five, 10 years than either Florida yep. State or Clemson? Yes. Okay, we need to stop um, this conversation. <laughs> no, now I'm going to start getting upset. <laughs> well, and it has nothing. And it has nothing to do with what the roster looks like right now. 